TalkLine Network Radio, America's longest-running Jewish broadcast network, the voice of the Jewish community. Welcome to the podcast. And now... You're listening to Talk Line with Zev Brenner, America's premier Jewish broadcast on the air since 1981. And now, here's your host. Welcome back to the program. I'm Zev Brenner. A privilege to have with us once again Congressman Lee Zeldin. Been there since 2015. He was in the United States Army, and he is running for governor of New York. So, Congressman, good to have you back. Well, it's great to be back. Thank you for having me. How's the race coming along so far? Everything's going well. We're working hard and, and taking absolutely nothing for granted. It's a big state, uh, but what I'm finding is that New Yorkers of really all walks of life all over the state are focused on pretty similar issues. And uh, the most common theme is that a lot of New Yorkers are thinking about their own breaking point in this state. Many New Yorkers are getting closer to that point where they're thinking about leaving themselves. The top two issues being crime and the economy. People want to feel safe on our streets and in our subways. People want to have a life that uh, allows them to achieve the American dream. And uh, cost and affordability and taxes and opportunity are all part of that as well. And it's not just an issue that's important for a Republican or a Democrat or an independent really as New Yorkers, everyone's talking about the same stuff. They certainly are. And you were the victim of a crime where David Zhukumanovitz tried to, he had brass knuckles, he tried to attack you in Rochester just the other day. Um, And I guess it it brings home the point he was let out without bail. Thank God that the federal uh, charges were brought against him. That's how he was incarcerated. But the New York Times and others said, hey, you set it all up that it's really, you know, looking, you're looking to establish your anti-crime credentials. How do you respond to it? Here you are almost attacked. Thank God you weren't. You were saved. You defended yourself. And yet they're looking to say that you created this whole thing. Yeah, it's absolutely absurd. And the, now, reason the whole thing they, that you created a situation where he got out uh, with no bail right after the attack. I think that's the point they said that uh, that uh, you were, that you worked that you were working up this whole thing to help bolster your anti-crime crusade. Yeah, right. The 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 reason why they have absolutely no evidence at all to support that claim is because it's a hundred percent untrue. Uh, it's unfortunate. I mean, they they look at the district attorney in that county, Monroe County, because I have a pre-existing relationship with her. Um, but to credit to what who is a great district attorney, Sandra Dorley, she said from the get-go that she was not going to be involved in this charging decision, this prosecution at all, in any way, shape, or form at any point. She hasn't, she isn't, she won't. And the way that some on the, the left act towards these issues if Sandra Dorley didn't recuse herself, the same people probably would be accusing her uh, of all sorts of stuff for not recusing herself from the case. But, you know, to her credit, she made the right decision right out of the gate. And the, the decision was made without her involvement whatsoever. So that whole theory blows up at, at primarily because it's just not true. Because it can happen to you. It can happen to anybody. In fact, uh, there's not only correlation in crime and violent crimes, but anti-Semitism and violent anti-Semitism. Uh, we just reported on the case of a young man going on the train. Uh, he was 
a punch in the face, required stitches, and the person said, if I had a gun, I would kill you. And these people get out on bail. And, uh, in fact, what's even more disturbing that they get out without any bail is that Dove Hyken did commission a report that showed a lot of the, almost all cases of those who are engaged in anti-Semitic crimes, they end up with either no jail or with a plea bargain, which to a much lesser charge. So they literally get away with it. So it's not just the fact that there's a no bail issue. There's also a fact what happens afterwards. Our criminal justice system is so broken that the criminals get away with nothing or next to nothing. Yeah, that's right. There are a number of different issues of how, Soft on crime, pro-criminal laws are being enacted, policies are being pursued, and they all add up. There was just this case of the NYPD officer who got into a fight with a 16-year-old in a New York City subway. That 16-year-old committed a violent robbery just a few days prior and was released without bail. And that's Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg's decision. Also, the Manhattan District Attorney put out a day one memo saying that he was not going to enforce all different crimes across the board. A bunch of others he would treat as lesser offenses. One of them was fair jumping. So when this officer tried to stop the 16-year-old for jumping the turnstile, there was this entitlement attitude from the 16-year-old that, you know, because the the district attorney says that this is a a crime that's not going to be prosecuted. So they end up getting into a fight. The 16-year-old is using moves on the officer that the officer wouldn't be allowed to use on the 16-year-old, for example, the chokehold that we witnessed. They got rid of qualified immunity. That's a separate issue. So now the law enforcement officer and officers around have to get, you know, they're concerned about getting sued all day long personally for doing their job. Then the 16-year-old goes in front of the judge and is asking the judge if he can press charges against the officer. And despite all of it, the violent robbery, and then the assault on the officer, uh, he's still immediately released. So there are so many different issues. And when you look at that fact pattern as one of the examples of what happened with the 16-year-old and an officer, there are so many different laws and policies in the state that are eroding public safety. Can it be fixed? Or can you fix it if you become governor? It has to be. It has to be. It can't even be a question. You know, New York City Mayor Eric Adams after this attack uh, on that officer, was calling for a special session up in Albany to overhaul cashless bail, to overhaul raise the age, for there to be a strengthening of criminal justice laws. And the response from Governor Hochul is to pound sand, that there is not going to be a special session. Uh, I agree with the mayor's call that there should be a special session. If I was the governor, I would call for it. Today And this is something that is absolutely essential in order to allow people to feel safe again in our streets, to back our men and women in law enforcement, to make the laws right, uh, and to allow New Yorkers to feel like they're back in control of their streets and subways as opposed to being turned over to criminals. So uh, whether or not it can get done, the answer is that it has to get done. So what is your strategy to communicate this message? Because at the end of the day, that's probably the issue that could be the defining point of making you make governor of New York. How do you get this message across? Because I know I've seen the commercials and pounding away. Is it having any effect? Because New York is such a democratic place. Are they willing to overlook their tendency to vote democratic in this situation? How do you get the things turned around? Well, there are, while people look at how there's more Democrats to Republicans in the state, there's also millions of registered voters who aren't Republican or Democrat. And right now they're leaning heavily our way. 
and there's more enthusiasm amongst uh, the voters who plan on voting for us versus the voters who plan on voting for Hochul. There's a big enthusiasm gap right now. And then there's a growing number of disenfranchised Democrats and Democrats who realize that crime and public safety is a top issue that needs to be dealt with and that one party rule in Albany needs to be ended because it's taken our state in the wrong direction, that we need to restore balance and common sense in our state capital. Uh, so that growing number of disenfranchised Democrats is also something that helps us win this race in November. And it, we're we're doing this as a coalition of people across all parties and all walks of life. This isn't a uh, Republican versus Democrat moment. This is about all New Yorkers uniting to secure our streets. Now, one of the groups that, of course, is most going to be most pivotal in the election, and what groups are important with the Jewish community is, so I was wondering what your Jewish outreach is like and going to between now and Election Day. Uh, this is, in a way, you could say started unofficially, unintentionally since I was a kid. I mean, my mother's a uh, was a teacher at a yeshiva, fourth grade teacher in Canarsie uh, when I was a little kid. And uh, the as far as my family goes and our activity within the Jewish community, it goes back generations. And uh, through my service in the House of Representatives, I'm currently in my fourth term, there's been a lot of outreach and relationship building for many, many years. I have a record in combating anti-Semitism and supporting yeshiva education and uh, making sure that uh, we have in this state more safety and more opportunity. And in this country, uh, our freedoms are being respected and government is uh, providing people back their government. And we have people in charge in our government viewing public services, serving the public rather than being served by the public. Uh, during this campaign, uh, whether it's been in Brooklyn and Rockland and Munsey and Orange County and KJ and with uh, many other people and in many other places, there's been a lot of uh, great meetings and, and work together and, and efforts to, to move forward uh, our state in a way that's uh, really in a way you could say saving our state from the direction that it's heading right now. So I'm going to continue that. Uh, I've been outspoken uh, even when there was a primary going on and there were seven candidates. I was the only candidate actively speaking out against the substantial equivalency push up in Albany. And I believe that we should lift the cap on charter schools and tax credits for school choice and educational savings accounts and school vouchers. Uh, I believe that we need to improve the quality of education in all forms of education and competition is good. And we have some great public schools uh, in our state and we have other very poor performing public schools and we just have to make sure that every student in this state has access to a quality education regardless of race ethnicity wealth it doesn't matter we have to do this for all kids placing students first you mentioned school vouchers one of the big issues for jewish parents for catholic parents for any religious parent is, of course, the fact that they're not taking a benefit of a public school education, which could be $26,000, dollars $27,000 a year, sending to a parochial school, yeshiva, they have to pay tuition. It's like, almost like double taxation. So you started talking, maybe you can amplify in some of the ways to make sure that religious parents and those that send to parochial schools also can benefit and not have the double taxation, which I just outlined. 
That's right. It's really expensive here in New York. You look at the amount of property taxes that we pay to support the school system in a local area, and uh, there's a decision that has to be made by a parent because ultimately we want to make the decisions that are best for our kids. Uh, Our sons, our daughters should have access to the highest quality education that's possible. At the very least, they need to have access to a quality education. And that decision is is being made to uh, send our students off to non-public schools. And uh, if you're paying all of that money in uh, school taxes, you shouldn't have to, as you you, know, you call it a, a double taxation. taxation. You shouldn't have to pay twice. Um, th- there should uh, there should be equity in the system. There should be fairness. Competition, as I mentioned earlier, is good. And uh, there's a way for us to deliver. Uh, this education to our kids in a way that makes a lot more sense and allows parents to be able to access a quality education for their kids. Congressman Lee Zeldin is our guest. He's running for governor on the Republican and conservative line in New York. Thank you for joining us. Look forward to having you back. Congressman Lee Zeldin, you're on the Talk Line Network. Thank, Thank you. you. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. One of the most important Jewish institutions in the world today is Talk Line with Zeb Brana. He is so smart and he is so innovative and he has so many interesting guests. I don't know what Yiddishkeit, I don't know what New York, I don't know what the world would do without Zeb. So Zeb, Yashikoch, may you go from strength to strength and keep, keep informing us and educating us and keep fighting for Jewish values. Thanks for listening. For continuous Jewish programs, hawklinenetwork.com or our 24-hour-a-day listen line at 641-741-0389. For past shows, you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, YouTube, Instagram, and all major podcast platforms or jewishpodcast.org. Thanks for listening to the talklinenetwork.com. Talkline Network Radio, America's longest-running Jewish broadcast network, the voice of the Jewish community.